When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, yo, when I spit bars in a rave, I'm gonna go hard like Santan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Carpe and Fracas, powered by Social like Media Group. I am your host, Chris, and today I am joined by the boys, the fellas, the lads uh, of Carpe and Fracas. I have got Anik, Ellis, and Peter here to talk about all things we can review for LFC. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this? Just what my cousin in America uh, likes to refer to as musty ass weather. It's musty ass weather outside. It's that it's, it's that nice heat, but there's no wind. There's no breeze. It's just musty ass weather. And I'm just sitting here like a like like a, like a dirty dog, just just sweating, just sweating all over the place. I'm trying to get my work done. I'm just sweating all over the place. It's not the visual that people want to see. It's not what people want to see on the YouTube. But here you are, regardless, gentlemen. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, Chris. Uh, it's been a while, but um, yeah, man, you're right. It's bloody hot, sticky, no wind. We had like five minutes of rain, but then, yeah, that stopped and it just went back to the sun again. Well, not the sun, the heat. So it's, uh, yeah, it's proving a bit challenging at the moment. It's the uh, the great British radiation, as I like to call it. Um, yeah. It's not heat. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. All is well, Chris, man. Same on same way, just yeah, just too heat, too heat, too hot. Sorry, <laughs> too heat. <laughs> yeah, you see, I can't talk properly. I'm sweating and that. Yeah, man. How are you, sir? The heat, the heat is not stopping Alice from going to the gym and lifting four plates. That's that's got to be said. Um, he's consistent in the job, and you have to admire it. Um, you know, he's probably figuring out, you know, putting it into his calendar. How many carbs can I burn while doing this, whilst adding the heat on it? So you know, get him in for the. Okay, got a game in for the fitness regime. Take Reese Williams with you, mate, because the bulking up needs to happen. <laughs> Ellis, a, 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 any spots at the gym? Do you reckon I could last five minutes in your gym? I don't know. Well, see, if you come with me, maybe they'll blame yeah. you. But ordinarily, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, need, I, I reckon I need to bulk up a bit for, for next year. Yeah, so hopefully you can train us and you know try, try and get me into shape, bro. <laughs> no problem. No problems. That is uh, at LSKCO underscore I for all your fitness needs. Um, <laughs> Pete, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. We turn into fitness fracas <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> there, but, yeah, but, Muscle yeah, man no, fracas. Honestly, honestly. But yeah, no, it's been good, man. I feel like, you know what the weather thing like? I feel like I don't want to complain because when we, do, when we don't have it, we complain. Now we've got everyone's like, oh, it's too hot, it's too this. So I kind of, I, I, like, I'm not like the biggest fan of like, extremely hot weather but at the same time like we barely get it so let me just let me just enjoy it you know put some put some whisker on enjoy it you know what i'm saying it's true man like i spent a bit of time in the garden yesterday i was drinking a little bit of tequila yeah, it's just enjoying the evening man um uh, but you know very seldom does that happen because it is pissing down outside most of the time so you know you gotta take it take it when it when it, to when it comes yeah bro i i think we just need football back man we're complaining about 
getting fear, we're complaining about the weather. We just need the <laughs> Premier League back, man. That's what it is. We're starving out here. Yeah, these brothers starving. We really are, honestly. Um, it's It's been nice, though. I mean, I think I've talked about it before. One of the things about not really being switched on for the Euros is I've been able to quite disconnect from football, not have that emotional attachment to watching games. It's just been really nice. And even today, with the, some of the preseason games we're going to talk about, I'm not having that much of an emotional attachment, but it was just so nice to see the boys back out there, back running around, getting their fitness up and looking looking fairly impressive in certain aspects. And we're going to talk about that now. So I think this is just absolutely insane, by the way. I, I, I love it as a concept, but I just think it's insane that the Reds managed to play two games back-to-back, two different 11s in 30-minute increments, uh, the uh, Tangi and Dombele Cup special as it is, because uh, in two 30-minute games, he would have been the MVP because we know he likes these little 30-minute uh, blasts, pause. Um, the Reds played against Vaca Innsbruck, hoping I pronounced that right, and uh, Stuttgart uh, in two 30-minute increments. Um, some, some really good stuff. The first heat, the first 11 that was put out was a little bit of a kind of mixed bag of some of the some, some of the rotational guys uh, and some of the younger kids as well. Els, I'll come to you first. The first person who automatically caught my eye from this game uh, was the 16-year-old. Um, uh, he, he, he could potentially be a star boy, Mr. K. Gordon. Uh, yeah. He signed from Derby last this well, this January. Um, talk to me about how impressed you were uh, from his brief display. Very, very impressed. Um, <clears throat> with young kids, they tend, when they do play in the men's game, they tend to be very reserved and um they play within themselves but not this not this fella he was on it from the get-go he gave the the left back a torrid time in 30 minutes i don't know how many times he's beaten his first touch is immaculate he's very positive he always knows what is he wants to do which is again very promising watching because like i said if a young kid comes in he's a bit nervous he, he's not sure what he wants to do he's gonna always go pass back but not Gordon. Gordon's always looking to go forward. Um, he's looking to try and get the shot off at every possibility. He, he had one shot on target today. So he, if you say it quietly, he does look like a star boy. And um, it could be good money well spent from Liverpool. Uh, they spent one million on him. And you can see why last season he played um, under 18s. He scored, I'm not too sure how many games, how many goals he scored for, for the under 18s, but he was banging him in, in the league. Week in, week out. Um, I know he made his debut for the under 23s and he scored on his debut again. Uh, had he scored today, I wouldn't have been surprised because looking at the way he takes his goal out, takes his goals out the under 18, under 23, it looks like someone that really knows where the back of the net is. So it's yeah. someone that we have to look, we have to um, look at, look at the season. Want to watch him closely in the under 23s? It's even mental that he's 16 playing in the under 23s. Well, the fact that he's like me and you, me and you were watching it. Um, we should do. We should start doing this. By the way, we should start just doing this like co-commentary thing. We can be the, the new age, less racist and more brown. Um, <laughs> keep it safe. Um, <laughs> uh, it was just insane. Like his first touch on the ball for someone who's sixteen. Crazy. It, it's, it's insane, man. I'm uh, just looking at his stats now. So um, under 18s last season. Bear in mind, he joined up with the under 18s in January. Six goals and three assists, um, and you know, playing with such confi- you know, confidence, one-on-one ability for his, for a sixteen-year-old is absolutely just 
just crazy, man. And you think about it, it's one of those ones where you pay, you know, between one one to three million for a kid. The sky's the limit with him, and it's it's it can be really good stuff to watch him kind of develop. Yeah, um, one of the other guys I was quietly impressed with. I'm, I'm going to let Peter do the explanation for um, <laughs> kids from our academy where they need that one specific skill. Uh, was Owen Beck was the left back. So Pete, I w- go go through your kind of like explanation of like the kids from our academy when they need that one skill when they lack the PNP so much. No, so basically it's just a thing where kind of <laughs> in a in a younger player, um, obviously it's hard for them when they come up to a men's type a men's level game, right? So because everyone's going to be much bigger than him, everyone's going to be a lot stronger than them, and they're not going to have like the physical capabilities to. Well, sometimes they do, but. Not, most of the time they don't to kind of hang in the game so they normally need like i would say especially at a top level at a club at liverpool to play in um the first team you probably need like a usp so a unique selling point and that's where like you can kind of give to the team like even though you may like in other like other places you can give that to the team so i think example i'll give is like trent and trent's ability to cross the ball to strike a ball his technical ability you know what i'm saying so even when before he kind of bulked up, before he kind of got um, grew into his body, he was still able to deliver from right back. He's crosses, his assist, and eventually grew into his body. And like we've seen the talent he has become, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think, especially at these top clubs, um, you just need kind of a, a unique selling point or a USP to kind of get in to, um, to, the, to, to the first team, really. Most of the time, it's not all the time, but most of the time. Or you can be, which is, is quite rare, maybe like a, a more well-rounded player who kind of gives yeah. everything you kind of maybe just fits in like that. But obviously that's not that's not necessarily always the case. But yeah, that's that's, that's what I tend to think with young players. I try to look look for that at that point that they have. So so when you think about those like well rounded players and you think about the examples, I say the perfect example of that would probably be Bellingham at the moment, for sure, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's very seldom that they do come around. So it's it's a really interesting one. So I think it's it's quite interesting again because I was looking at like um Jay Kane and Lake Leighton Clarkson who are operating in the middle of the park and I thought Lane Clarkson was fairly decent with kind of just his shielding and his, his long passing from deep, which was quite nice. And then you had Jake Kane, who was playing a little bit more front foot, a little bit more aggressively, spraying balls around, a little bit of a pop of a shot on him too. Um, and you can definitely see how, definitely off the first team, but I think more in the rotational aspect for, for League Cup games, these guys could get a decent run in and, um, you know, really, really prove themselves uh, to potentially be in the Liverpool squad going, going forward. Um yes. Someone that I would just like to compare, I'll probably say the Clarkson with in terms of maybe his game is kind of like like a Billy Gilmore because in terms of him being really small and him yep. being like um, obviously probably not as strong as the other opponents, but he's quick in the mind and he's really good technically. He's able to pass, you're able to get on the ball. So that's something like obviously Bill Gilmore's got that kind of unique selling point where he's extremely good technically and he's quick in the mind and he's able to find people with these quick passes. And maybe that's something Clarkson can kind of replicate, kind of. No, 100%. Every one of those ones where if he went on loan to, if you think, if you think like a top-end championship team, he'd do fairly well. Yeah, for sure. No, love that. Love that. Um, yeah, the first game really didn't have that much many uh, many eventful moments, would you say, else? Just apart from, you know, obviously, it, you know, the result itself ended 1-0. Uh, Divock Origi scored a penalty. Um, and that was... 1-1. Oh, it was 1-1, wasn't it? Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Carriers was in goal, pretty uneventful. Um, their header was scored with a guy with the, the most bizarre name I've ever heard in my entire life. A Brazilian guy that was called, oh God, what was his name again? Ronald. Uh, Ro- 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 Dino. 
something like that. <laughs> Literally, he's like it's Ronnie Valdo. Oh, so it's something mad like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like one of those. That's one of those guys. You know, you know when pro you have a license Rivaldo. for certain players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that Ronaldinho? Exactly. Maybe one of those games. Maybe <laughs> one of those guys. Like I remember the old, uh, I remember the old Patrick Bolger, then man, in Pro Evo <laughs> Um <laughs> If you want to, if you one of those lads, uh, Andy, I'm going to go to you. We saw a little bit of Joel Matip in this game as well. He looks to be at full fitness. He is looking like the centre back who's going to be available to partner Ibrahima Kanate at the beginning of the season. It was interesting that Klopp said after these games that he wouldn't envisage uh, either Gomez or Van Dijk playing in the next friendly, which he's on Friday against Mites. Um, what are your expectations, especially for the beginning of the season from Joel Matip uh, for the upcoming campaign? Okay, so I think... Um... First of all, I was quite critical of Matip, especially the amount of injuries he had last year. And to be honest with you, that's going to be playing on my mind if I know that he's going to be one of our mainstay centre-backs, especially at the start of the season. So I feel as though it's it's nice to know that he's match fit. Well, quote-unquote match fit and he's able to play games. Although I still always have that seed of doubt in my head that he may not be able to, you know, last five, six, seven games on a trot because we saw it last year. Like, you know, I think straight after Gomez and Van Dijk got injured, like he would get injured and then come back and then get injured again and then come back. It was like, well, slowly by slowly wearing him down and eventually we broke him and he was out for the rest of the season. And it was, also slowly, eroding, it was also slowly eroding your mental health as well. Yes, exactly. You were fuming. All of us. Out of all the people, in the, I mean, all we're, we're all pissed, but out of all the people in the cop group, we're fuming. <laughs> Anik was definitely one of them. I was I really angry with him. I mean, look, look, we all want Van Dyke back. We all know that he, you know, a, a lot of our season hinges on, on Van Dyke's fitness, to be honest with you. So I feel as though in order to get him back and, you know, slowly integrate him in, we need one of our senior centre-backs there. So, you know, there's going to be a huge pressure placed on Matip to deliver. I feel as though he can do it because he's shown us that when he's at at his game, you know, he is easily one of our top top two centre backs. You know, you can there's a strong case that he's better than Gomez. Um so I feel as though he can do it. But the only thing that's going to be playing on my mind, Chris, is you know, that that consistency, will it be able to last five, six, seven games at the start of the year? Um, so, yeah, that's it really, man. I'm, 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 I'm going to sit on the fence. I don't want to say anything. It really. No, 100%, man. I think it's it's fully justified as well, being able to sit on the fence, especially with Matip, because I think he did play, what was it, 10 games last season? Um Actually, I remember me and you doing this exercise else. I think he played about 10 games. We were looking at his stats and his per night for, for per 90 across the board, he was like the best centre back in the league. Um, and he was kind of playing like it as well as soon as um Gomez and Van Dyke went out too. Um and obviously from what we saw from previous seasons, injury injury woes aside, he's a fantastic centre back, like you said, and He's going to be really key um, because this season for him, especially, I think, uh, more than Gomez, because you know Gomez has age on, on his side. Uh, it's very much last chance saloon. 
for, for, for Joel Matip if he wants to remain a Liverpool player for the vast remainder of his career. Um, that was pretty much it from the first, the first game, in all honesty. Uh, like you said, a bit of an uneventful one. Uh, some noticeable players that did play. Uh, we saw a little bit of Takumi Minamino in that game. We saw a little bit, again, <laughs> of Loris Karius. Uh, some bad, some good. Uh, again, you take the good with the bad, the good with the bad, and what do you get? The facts of life. Um, and we also saw, we actually saw Ben Davis play football. Um, did he know he was real? Did he even he know exists. he was real? And, and, to be fair, and to be fair to him, like I said at the top, um, before we went live, he looked decent, to be fair. He looked, he looked all right. He looked a bit competent. Um, probably in a defence with Robertson, Trent and Matip, I wouldn't be too nervous with him just because he seems experienced. I get he hasn't played at the top level, but I think last season when we saw Reese Williams and and um, Nat Phillips, there were two inexperienced defenders and it's like one was waiting for the other to take control of the defence. But I think <laughs> with Ben Davis, it seems like at 26 and having played a lot of games, he may he may look to like stamp his authority. Just not to say that he's more experienced than uh, Matip, because Matip's been there, done it. He's, I think Matip's like a silent leader. He doesn't really talk yeah. a lot, but he, he gets the job done, and you know what to expect with Matip. And he knows, and he tells you what he expects. But yeah, so if Davis was to be the fifth choice defender at centre back, I probably wouldn't be too mad at that. To be quite honest with you, um, it looks like he can. It looks like he's got a bit of solid technique about him. Obviously, he's only thirty minutes, so. I, we can't really judge too much, but again, he seems to be better than Reese Williams. He seems to be a little bit better than Phillips. Probably be watching a few more times. He probably will be better than Phillips. And so yeah, so yeah. Also, it was also good to see Trent. It was also good to see Trent back. Having been yeah, one five percent. Trent Trent playing the full Trent playing the full thirty um, after this injury as well. He's um. It's testament to him kind of like overcoming his own adversity, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Exactly that, bro. I'm sure he would have been gutted not to go to the European Championships, but this is this is a season where he can step up and, and show, the, show the world that he is the real deal. So, yeah, that was the first first game, really, like you said, not really eventful, man. Not really eventful, but there was a lot of kind of little optimistic things to have uh, about a lot of the under-23s and the under-18 players that were that were in the game. Um, and yeah, nice to know that Ben Davis isn't an accounting error or an um, offshore scheme of some form, as the accountants in the Coppin group were theorising he was at one point. Um, the second game was very, very interesting. Uh, we saw the debut of Ibrahim Kanate. Uh, Els, I'll come back to you on this. It's real centre-back hours here. Um, Obviously, it's difficult to make a judgment off a player um, <laughs> off 30 minutes of preseason action. Um, but what were your kind of initial impressions uh, of, of him throughout this, um, throughout this 30? Um, he looks a bit nervous to me, which is okay. I don't mind that. It's your first game. Obviously, you don't want to make any mistakes. But um, what we did see, I think there was a, there was a chance where Stuttgart were in well, it was offside, but we could see his blistering pace. He's very quick. Yes. He's very quick. <laughs> um, and it's, do you know what really rattles me, yeah? When I see people who are like 6'4", 6'5", and there's absolutely speed demons, fam. 
it rattles me so much. It absolutely <laughs> kills me because you're too big to be that quick. It's scary. Els is, Els is sitting there like, it should have been me, not him. It's <laughs> not <damn> fair. It. <laughs> <laughs> should have, but yeah. So so now we know, but we'll probably play football in people's halves now. We on the halfway line, we'll probably be in people's halves, just chilling there, knowing that we have Gomez and Konate and Van Dijk. Um, even in the first game, Matip showed a bit of pace. I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. So, so it's good to have someone like Konate there. Obviously, we already know about his strength, like his physical strength, for having bullied Timiskas in uh, in pre-season. But yeah, I, I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment on him. I already know he's a good player, but I'm not gonna like pick on him if he makes a few mistakes in the first few games. English league is unforgiven. Um, when he's got Chris Wood on him, I want to see I want to see if he can pass the Chris Wood test. <laughs> he probably will pass the Chris Wood test, but. Like I said, English game is very unforgiving. We're very quick here. Um, it's very physical. He has all the attributes to combat that. But one mistake and somebody's thrown goal. This is not like Germany. So, yeah, it is a positive signing. He'll probably start the first game in the league with uh, Matip. But it, it's, it's looking good, man. Yeah. I just want to add, sorry, Chris. Um, no, just. Don't. Yeah, I think obviously, like Ellis said, he's got the definitely the physical attributes to be a top top defender. Um, obviously, his pace, his strength is ridiculous. Like the only thing I would say is that for him, obviously for him, it will just be a case of kind of um, improving his positioning. Because when I've watched him a couple of times, I think I think where RB kind of play a three at the back, like most of the time they play a three at the back. Sometimes they might change to a two, but they always play like a three at the back. It's kind of like if one of the centre backs is out of position, it doesn't matter too much because you kind of have the back line is there to kind of bail you out. So I feel like, especially him and Upperman Kano, their positioning um, it was, wasn't all the time, like, wasn't great all the time, you know what I'm saying? Because they're young defenders naturally and a three at the back, it helps with that. So if you do step out, which they both tend to do, like, if you step out, Upperman Kano steps out a bit more. If you do step out, like, there'll be a sweeper behind you type thing. And obviously, when I was watching um, him for France under 20, um, the France under 23 tournament this year, that's the only thing I noticed about his just positioning was a little bit off, but again, that's something that Klopp will definitely work on with. And yeah, I definitely think that Klopp will um will help him with that. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to him. So one thousand percent. It's not it's one of those situations where you don't want him kind of relying on his recovery place a lot, uh, especially with us playing that high line. So yeah, with one thousand percent I think obviously we all remember for young defenders, positioning is one of those things that just just, just comes along kind of with with good coaching and just just naturally playing the game really, which is which is good to know. Um, but yeah, I think one thing that really stood out for me, you look like his communication was already on point with some of the lads, which was good to see. I guess that's a result of you know buying players early and getting them in for preseason, which is something we'll talk about a little bit more <laughs> a bit more later on um, in the pod. But but yeah, no, all thumbs up for Ibrahim Kante so far at this stage. Um, one of the players that really stood out, uh, and it's good to see him kind of making a stand. And that actually went on loan last season uh, was the young man, uh, the heir apparent, Harvey Elliott. Um, for me, he was fantastic. He did not look out of place whatsoever. Um, else, that little connection he had with Salah um, on that right hand side, you know, it's one of those things where you, where you look at anything. That's that's two very good players being on the same wavelength, being able to connect with each other. Yeah. And it's very again very lovely to see a young a young man like that having 
the understanding to play with a superstar like Salah and also someone like Salah being able to play with him well. Um, it's a bit, he's a bit frightening, man, for how young he is and the way he plays. It's a bit scary, bro. Um, his passing was quick. He done one reverse pass to like Salah. Which bro. Do you see that? Yeah, I thought, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit nuts. I'm telling you, man, he looks like a jewel. He, look, he looks like a jewel. Um, to make it, how old is he? 15? He made his debut at 15 for Fulham? Think it shows you that. So, yeah, yeah 15, so. 16. 15 or 16. He was, he, yeah. he was 15 or 16, yeah. So it shows you that he was he was ready. Um, that loan at Blackburn did him world of good. It exposed him to the week in, week out. Uh, the week in, week out patterns of men's football. Because not every week was he good. And it showed him that, look, I need to do this, I need to do that. I think he probably will possibly stay in, a, in and around the squad as a replacement for Shaq. Um, he looks more exciting than Shaq. Sorry, Anik. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, he looked good, man. Now he looked good. Uh, he was getting into the right positions. He looked dangerous. He's got good passing. He's got a good understanding. Maybe he's not the quickest, but his brain's very quick. Um, again, with what Peter was saying about USP, his USP is probably his passing and his technique is really out of this world. He's very, very um, brave. Like if the com- the comparison is him and um, Gordon, how they're very brave footballers and how they're looking to get on the front foot and just take it to the opposition. Yeah, he's got he's got a he's got a bright future, man. He just needs to focus, listen to Salah, listen to Mane, listen to the coaches, and I'm telling you, man, he could be one of the best players in the country. It's really interesting. Uh, one of the things from from from, from Elliot was he was getting to the half spaces really well. And taking on his man with with kind of relative ease, which was which was just 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 very nice to see. Anik, I'll come to you, and I'll kind of ask Peter the same question afterwards as well. Um, you know, we, we talk about expectations for football as a season, and that it's not out of the realms of realism to put a little bit of expectation on Harvey Elliott heading into this season as well. Again, realistically, what are you expecting for Harvey Elliott? Because it, it looks like at this present moment of time, he won't be going back out on loan, which necessarily isn't a bad thing. Um, What's the realistic expectations for him this season? Yeah, so I seen him a bit last year and I don't think I actually mentioned it a lot in the chat, but I was really impressed by him and what he was doing at Blackburn. Like it wasn't like one game where he would quote unquote haul and get loads of goals and assists. Like he was ticking over nicely against different types of opposition on different types of games. He was he was like, you know, delivering and and coming up trumps for his team. I feel as though this year, I do want him to, as exactly what Ellis said, be in and around the first team. I don't want him to be the number one or even number two backup attacking option. I want it to be like Jota, hopefully Rafinha, and then maybe Harvey Elliott. One person that we can call on maybe for the Carling Cup, the FA Cup games that we know is definitely going to start but as Ellis said, he has that technique. He has that sort of, what's the word? He has that 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 sort of in-game understanding to know that, yeah, if I'm playing, I know that I can do something. So I feel as though, yeah, he, he'll definitely be in and around the first team, definitely be starting those Carling Cup, FA Cup games. And if required, come on and, you know, may, make a contribution. He's obviously not going to be starting, you know, the big games um, 
you know, you're talking about the top six games or even, you know, crunch matches after a Champions League. But I feel as though, yeah, he can definitely make an impact and hopefully we can see something from, from him in those domestic cup games. No, love it. Um, I think it's one of those ones where you want him to be in around the first team at the very least. Um, possibly get some trust minutes towards the end of games uh, if we're in kind of favourable scenarios. Maybe get the odd, odd run out now and again um, in, in the start in certain situations. But Pete, kind of the same question back to you, really. What's what's the realistic expectation for Harvey Elliott this season for you? Do you know what? I think, I think I'm a bit different to Alec. I want to have a bit more minutes because the way I see it, um, like... I would, I would, ideally, I would like him to be the backup number 10 that we have. So if we do go to a 43-1, obviously, maybe if you got in like another attacker or if you played Jota, Mane, Seller, Firmino, Firmino obviously would play as a 10. But like, so in other games, when we go to like, we're looking for like a bit more. So basically, when Shaq comes on, when the time when Shaq comes on, we're all like, oh, this game's done. But instead of Shaq coming on, it would be Harvey Elliott who comes on and hopefully adds a bit of, um, like incisiveness and finds people we slick past and stuff like that. So hopefully, I would like him. So ideally, I'd like him to be um, the backup ten and maybe like a kind of alternative option to Seller. But hopefully, we do get another winger. But so he should really get games in the middle of the park. So in terms of like, especially with him, I don't want him to be isolated on a wing alone because obviously he still yep. needs to come body. He still needs to kind of. Um, get a bit bigger to kind of um, deal with the men's game. So I feel like he would be more helpful for us to be in in, um, in the middle so he can find people with his passing and he can find people with his intelligence. Obviously, he can do a couple of games out wide as well. I wouldn't mind that. But, um, yeah, mainly um, as a 10 for us, hopefully, this season. But also, one thing I wanted to say, yeah, we got to start acknowledging something on this project. This is something called the stellar test. Because all the best players that come to the club, it's always one person that they link with. No, it's all, yeah. honestly always one person that they link with, and it's always Salah. When when Kate comes in, Kate, he has an understanding with Salah. Trent, understanding with Salah. Thiago, understanding with Salah. Elliot, understanding with Salah. Like, these are all the best technical players at a club, and it's not a surprise that they all can link up with Salah. Listen, yeah. the boy, you know what I'm saying? He's incredible. He's incredible. Even um, best Premier League so player in the past five seasons on guard, on guard, on guard, and them. Even when um, when Salah first came, he was linking up with Phil straight away, straight away, bro. I remember we played a friendly against uh, Wigan, and that was Salah's first goal in obviously his preseason. But it was just a straight ball over the top from Phil, and you could just see the connection straight away, man. Like, I'm we're not we're not gonna hear any more disrespect of Salah because he's. He's come on, different kettle of fish, man. Yeah, we're not having it this. We're not having it this year. Like, yeah, no, we're not, not having it this year. year. No, not this year. Even in that game, I've got the stats. I've got everything. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it at all. Like, even like a lip. Sorry, Ellis. It's kind of like a litmus test where it's like ballers recognize ballers, right? You know what I'm saying? And a baller knows when they're playing with another baller. So kind of like a Coutinho yeah. will know that, okay, Salah, if I visit him to him the first time, you can control it. You can give it back to me. So when ballers come to our clubs, like, if if you can have the understanding with Salah, if, you know what I'm saying? Then I know you're a real baller. <laughs> That's what it's going to be now. Thanks, man. Right. Even today, he just looks so sharp, man. To be fair, the front three was um, Salah, Ox playing as a false nine and, um, and Mane. And all three of them look so sharp. Just so sharp. Ox really looks sharp. 
Um, that was a real positive for me, man. Even I think he needs to get some of the aspects of the position down, which yeah. I mean, for you know, a false nine is fucking difficult at the best of times. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the positive for me uh, with Ox is that he just looked physically fit and yeah. he didn't show any signs of like any, any regression or, or, or dropping down. He just looked he looked fine, which was he looked fine. Yeah, I think um in a group in during the week um I think someone put a video of him talking about playing as a false nine and and he came on against Wolves last season and he played in a false nine position and, and he looked pretty good. Came on against Burnley and he scored a, a fantastic finish. Um, I know it's, it's, it might be like a, a sly like little joke thing, but I believe that that's probably the position where he's going to play this season and I'm not really mad at it because technically he's very strong. Left foot, right foot, he can, he can shoot off both. Um, he's very quick, very strong. Did I say strong twice? No, I said technically he's very strong, sorry. Physically, he's very strong as well. So, yeah. Um, so, it is someone, it is something that we should look at. And, and to be fair, I kind of like it, man. Like today, he looked he looked pretty pretty sharp, man. Yeah, it was, it was kind of gassy still. You could even see him when he was like, if, if he wanted to drop into there as a 10 as well and playing some of the half spaces. Um, yeah. Some of the things he could do there. So, it was very impressive. Very impressive indeed. Um, obviously, the game did finish 1-1. Stuttgart's goal was, was really good. <laughs> yes, good finish. I like very, the way they were just... They drew out our defenders very well. Um, one of the yeah. defenders will step over back heel. Um, obviously, if you're nitpicking, you want Milner to wake up and follow the goal scorer, but it's pre-season, man. I'm not going to nitpick at that. But it was a, it was a good goal. Um, I think their season starts next week. Right? Or was that, is it next week or next I think week? I think, is it, um, I think it's in the next two weeks. I think the Bundesliga 2 starts this week and then... Their season starts even next week or the week after. So, yeah, they're. Or is it? Or is it? Oh, Pete, do you know? No, no, no. I was just saying that that's so fast, but no, I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah, trust yeah, me. Yeah, that's so quick. Like, <laughs> oh, we're still in July. Yeah. So, yeah, probably the next couple of weeks they start. And so, still, still got, what, like three, three, four weeks ahead of us in terms of pre season. So, for us to, um, to at least match them for. Physicality was pretty decent, to be honest. No, apparently they're they're back in like a few weeks, which is interesting. Um, they're back before us, which is very interesting. Um, which you don't really normally see from continental teams. They tend to give their te- teams a bit more time off as opposed to rushing them back. That's very much a Premier League thing. But I guess again, with you know TV rights and leagues being a bit more financially unstable, uh, it's possibly one of the things that they'll start seeing. Um. One man who plays really well, um, and again, someone who, as, as, as the internet joke is, he was locked in some form of basement in the AXA training facility, um, which I, I, I liken to the, the Hart family dungeon, where people go in, they learn these submissions, and they come out a better person, um, was Costa Shimakas. And again, we have to caveat this. This is only 30 minutes of preseason action. It's not a full 90. It's 30 minutes of situational preseason action. He looks really good. Um Alec, I'll come back to you. Shimakas. We're seeing that Robbo is going to get an extra week or two off. And if there's one person who is in dire, dire, dire need of just, you know, the people that look like they need about five minutes of extra sleep a day, that's Robbo. That is one of those people who needs like an extra like five minutes of sleep just a day, who can knock off snooze and do it. But now he's up, 
15 minutes before his alarm's even on. You don't know how he does it. He's an absolute warrior. How key is Costa Shimakas going to be this season, just in terms of the rotation aspects and reducing the fatigue for Robbo? So I feel as though we do need to give Robbo a rest. I feel as though his minutes, you know, they need to be relaxed slightly because it looks like he's just been operating at 95, 100% ever since he's nailed that slot at left back whenever it was, start of 2018. To be honest with you, Chris, do I think Shimikas is the man? No, not really. That's fair. Um, I don't. I. 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 I've just not seen enough from him. You know, he's been he's been injured a lot last year. You know, he's given us energy and pace last year in preseason. He was doing it again today, fizzing in crosses. Okay, it's all good against Stuttgart, but I. I personally don't feel as though he's 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 going to cut it for us. Um, I, to be honest with you, I'm much rather have Milner at left back than 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 Simicast there. Um, I, I know Ellis, you're getting upset, and I know you, you know Peter, you're upset as well. But I, I just, I just, I just don't see enough in him, to be honest with you. Um, and and I don't think he's going to give us enough of a threat going forward. Maybe he's got the energy, but I just don't think he's anywhere near what 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 Robbo is, to be honest with you. But that's just my view on it right now. Um, look, we've only seen thirty minutes of play. I'm going to let the boys get their rebuttal in. Um, because this is good stuff. Um, but I actually think you are very fair in that assessment because when you don't see it from a player in their first season, you get that cast of judgment in like that. I mean, yeah, he was injured, but there are certain, you know, he wasn't injured for a lot of the second half of that season when legs were at a premium for this Liverpool team and they were very much needed. And again, even when we're in situations in games where we were 2 0 up and he could have come on. Uh, he wasn't trusted with that. Um, so I think that is fair, but I'm going to let Peter do the rebuttal. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, like, I was just laughing because I think, um, I, I don't think he's looked great either, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to be that guy. You know what? It's that, it's that meme of, like, you know what? That guy said it, but I, I kind of agree with it, you know? <laughs> like, like, you know Someone <laughs> said it in it, but I agree Someone with that said it. it. <laughs> no, no, do you know what? I don't agree with to the extent that Milner should play that. Like, come on. Milner's, like, 50. Like, come on. Like, Milner's a great player, but, Mil- come on, I don't want Milner playing left back. Like, that's, that's ridiculous, but... I think Shimkas, he just looks like a like an average continental like left back. Like in terms of he's decent going forward, not great going back, isn't the quickest. Like that's that's like how Tedes looks, right? From a United. Like it's just kind of like the average kind of like left back, like just um they haven't got the same engine as Robertson. But what I would say is that I don't think we need like the best replacement for Robertson. I don't I really they just need to be comp- like just be um what's what's the word? Um, just efficient enough to be able to come into the team, not look so bad, not look um, so out of place. And I don't think he would. So I think he just needs to be at a decent level. He comes in, he doesn't look too bad. And yeah, I think I think that's him. But yeah, I would agree. I don't think he looks great, but he just looks looks average. Yeah, should be the I, 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 but, but, but Peter, put it this way, yeah. Let's say if we're playing against, you know, we're in the thick of it this season and, you know, God forbid, Robert gets injured and he can't yeah. play. yeah. And we got Man United, a massive game next. Who are you going to play at left back? Simicast or Milner? No, yeah, um, probably Simicast. You know? Yeah, Simicast. but do you know why? Do you know why though? Annie? You guys need to respect Milner as well, by the way. No, 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 Milner's no, no, like one hundred and ten years it, old. It, it's, it's one of those ones where you look and you think, oh, this is the PNP. 
Fam, it's long. And do you know what? I think your point is fair, but like the rest of our defense is world class. So yeah. it's okay for every now and then a guy to come in and fill in. You know what I'm saying? Like we had Phillips and um, Williams and we beat Man United. You know what I'm saying? So you have Trent. No, 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 no. Put some respect on that result. We did just beat them. We battered <laughs> well, them in their own backyard. In a fashion that they rescheduled. Facts, facts. No, so you, if you have you have Addison behind you, you have Trent, you have Robertson, and probably have one of Kanate Van Dyke next to you, then you should be all right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Against Sancho, yeah. We'll see. Let that, let that, let's cross that part. Let's cross that bridge in it. Then we'll get to that. But yeah, <laughs> I hear what you are saying. That's, I hear what... that's, such a, that's such a dad saying. We'll, yeah, we'll right. cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, son. <laughs> all right, mate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with, um, now, Jules, I agree, I agree with what everyone's saying in it because there's not much to like. Well, what are we, what are we, um, putting it up against in it? He didn't really do much last season. He yeah. came in when he did play, he looked a bit normal. Um, but then he got injured. Then again, he didn't play towards the end of the season, probably wasn't up to it. He wasn't, he didn't understand the tactics. But, um, I feel we should probably give him a bit of time. Maybe this preseason will do him well, he will have a lot of time to, to work on it. And, He's got a chance to to show what he can do with, like you said, Robertson having a week extra off. So he might he might have a lot of game time. To be fair to him, that injury against uh what's the Danish team we played in the Champions League? Midland. Yeah. That kind of derailed his progress. Then he's coming back, COVID is all stop and start. So I'm willing to give him a bit of time. I'm not I'm not gonna say that he's an elite player of any sort of I think he's decent. I think he's average. And like Peter said, you don't have to be Walker. You just need to be competent. I just need a competent left back. I could just slot in there for me. I don't need um I don't need a Robertson Mark II, to be honest. I just need competence. And I can't have the reason why I won't have Milner at left back is because Milner's like 35 and he can't run. And I don't really want to put Milner in that's torture, man. Imagine being that age, like you've done bare years of running. Man said I'll go play left back. That's long. That's that's too much. That's too much. So I'm willing. I'm willing know, to give man, him. I've I've, I've I've heard about Anik on the fans and fancy football. The, the five sides pitch, man. I think he could put up shifting at left back for us. He pops he up here, could, there, and everywhere, man. Got a few goals on him as well. Got a few goals on him as well. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think let's give let's give Schumacher this season. Let's just give him this season. Let's see how it goes. If he doesn't do well this season, we flog him and look for another one, innit? it? You're gonna get a bit of change off of him, so. How old is he? He's like 26. He's still, still yeah. A, yeah. Still a relatively young man. And I mean, we're even seeing it now that there are teams having somewhat of an interest or a reported interest in him. So you wouldn't have thought it'd be too difficult to, to sell him. Would you get back what yeah. you possibly pay for him? Maybe. He wasn't that much to begin with. Uh, so let's take it from there, really. Um, I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up in terms of pre-season action. Um, do want to quickly just say I've seen something incredibly wild. Um, uh, apparently, Asmir Begovic is signed for Everton, and that sign has been announced by his wife um, dressing up in a full Everton kit on a horse. Wow. So, <sighs> with everything going wow. on at Goodison Park, whatever your what opinion of um, Everton end fracas is, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably listen to it, to be honest with you, because it's a bit mad over there, isn't it? Um, it's wild. It's a bit mad there. Um, speaking of situations that are a bit mad as well, um, 
obviously we know that Liverpool are focusing somewhat on contract negotiations for this this summer uh, for key members of the squad. We know that they're trying to tie down Fabinho's a long-term contract. There's been conversations had with Virgil van Dijk, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. Uh, I'd expect van Dijk and Salah to get done at some point uh, before the end of the year. Um, and a little bit of a focus on Trent and Robbo too. Uh, of course, reports that you know Allison is close to agreeing a deal as well apparently there's one person who uh, also wants a little bit of a contract extension who has two years left on his current deal and that is the club captain Jordan Henderson uh report in the athletic this week well I'll say this week yesterday um joint piece from James Pierce bad news Pierce very much indeed his last three pieces have been fucking negative that I just didn't even get halfway through them um friend of the pod by the way uh and David Ornstein um this just seems like the magic situation where both sides of the coin are quite accurate. Um, Els, I'll let you lead off the conversation with this one. Um, Jordan Henson, 31 years old, will be 33 when this contract expires. We love him. Captain, leader, legend. Um, you know, there's so much for, you know in the dressing room, off the pitch as well. Great ambassador for the club. Does this seem like a little bit of a weird demand to have? Yeah. Yeah, man. You're 31. Uh, you rarely play 38 games a season. When was the last time you played 38 games a season? It's going to be like four or five. Um, you missed half of the season last season because you had an injury. By the time your contract's run out, you're going to be 33. Does the club really want to play, pay an injury-prone player over a hundred grand beyond the next beyond thirty-three? I don't think they do. It'll be a bit mad. I'll, I'll probably be livid to be honest. Love Jordan Henderson, probably one of his biggest fans, but um, I can see it from the club's point of view. We don't want too many players who are over thirty on hefty money because then they will have to play them. And they're not going to play that much, are they? You don't want your assets sitting on the bench, do you? So, if he's asking for more money, I won't say he's cheeky, but I would say it's it's a bit it's a bit wild. It's a bit wild because let's say you get a two year extension, you're now you're going to go into thirty five on that heavy wage. Let's say he's asking for. Let's say he's asking for 160, 170. Would you pay a 33 year old 170 every week? You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's a bit mad. Obviously, from a fan point of view, we have to show loyalty. So he's probably seen it from that. They need to be a bit more loyal. And FSG probably do be in it, need to be a bit more loyal. But what I've noticed from FSG is that they take the emotion out of these kind of decisions. And that's what you actually need. You need to like take the emotion out and you need to look at what's best for the club overall. Um FSG will probably go offer him a contract like they offer Genie. It'll probably be on less money, it'll probably be a two-year deal. Uh it's up to him if he wants to take it. Um, there's always gonna be perks within the contract. I don't think they'll offer him a contract and just leave him out cold. They'll offer him less money, but they'll probably say, Look, you probably have a lifetime contract after you've done probably just keep you at the club as an ambassador, as a coach, as whatever, because he's done so much for the for the club. But um 
yeah, I'm not. I'm not really mad at them not offering not offering him what what he wants. He's probably looking at it as they need to be a bit more loyal, which is fair. It is fair. Um, he he put, he's probably their staple. He was when he came in. He was their state that poster boy for what they were trying to uh, trying to do. It was yeah. a deal based on stats. It was the young player where they thought that they can invest in heavily. Um, if he doesn't work out, they can sell him on a profit. But it just happened so that it was a player that they invested and he, he done well. But yeah, I'm not I'm not really mad at what they're trying to do. Um, obviously, I feel he should be rewarded for his loyalty. But at the same time, he's going to be 33 when he still ends, man. Let's keep it a buck. We're still, we're, we're kind of livid that Milner still plays for the club. You know what I'm saying? We're kind of like, I know Peter Peter's livid that Milner. That's all he ever talks about. Me? It's only me that's livid at that one. Yeah, but, but, but still, that, no, no, we, Joe, we Joe, well, I was going to say Joe's livid, but Joe is yeah. angry about everything. So yeah, yeah Joe's just angry, yeah, yeah. angry at anything. <laughs> but but we are we are because we don't believe that Milner should really essentially be playing. I don't think Milner should play ten get more than ten games a season in all comes. Oh, Jesus, I, no, I don't believe that. What? Fam, you should you mean, not. You, you, should you, mean, not. You, mean, you mean you mean ten starts or ten? Everything, Brian, everything, man. Ah! Oh, you're moving, imagine, you know? yeah. bro. Bro, watch Milner, yeah. Milner's always five yeah. yards behind everything. Bro, but he calms down games. <laughs> when he comes on, he calms down games. He slows down sometimes. Down sometimes. Against Arsenal, against Arsenal, against against Newcastle, against Newcastle. When we equalized last, he came on and all all hell broke loose, bro. <laughs> hey, oh, exactly, Peter. There's no yeah, yeah, yeah. There because I'm right. Thiago, no, no, Thiago no. was controlling the game then, and then Muna came on. Yeah, but it wasn't just him that came on. It was a couple of them that came on, though. I don't think it was just him. Okay, it's Curtis okay. Jones a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, it was Curtis Curtis Jones. Okay, maybe he shouldn't have 10 starts. Maybe I'll give him like 15, 20 games here and there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just my point of view. I, 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 I hear what FSG is saying, and I hear what Endo is saying, but I'm probably leaning towards more take the two-year contract on less money, there's no guarantee that you play all the time, but you'll still be in and around the squad and you still be needed. That's just me personally. So the language in this story is is what's quite interesting. So they they gave Milder the two-year extension, which is the interesting thing as well, um, when he was due for a nil. So he, and it looks like he's going to depart next summer too at the age of 36. Um, so let's say if you offer a a two-year extension to Henderson off the back of this. He'll be 35 at the end of it. So what I was thinking was they'll give him this extension, but his role becomes greatly reduced over time where he becomes a little bit of that Milner-like figure. Um, but again, the language in this report from David Orsini and James Pierce is is very it's, – it's not cryptic. It's, 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 a bit, it's a bit odd because – he wants to know that he's valued. They they want to know. He, he knows Klopp's plan for him, but he doesn't know what the club's plan is. He know what role they want him to do going going forward. And, you know, he just doesn't want to be kept around to give stirring pep talks and help new players settle in. He doesn't want to be the concierge. He still wants to be the boss of the family. You know what I mean? So He'd I have think, like. I think that kind of to me that kind of illustrates that the way Genie left is kind of like raised some doubts in other players' heads. So obviously Henderson's probably thinking, like, look at the way they treat Genie and Genie plays every single game in this club, like he's a stalwart of this club. Like, boy, if they did, if they can do that to Genie, then boy, I don't know what they can do to me. Like, obviously he's more important member than Genie, but 
He just wants assurances that, like, basically, Klopp liking you is not enough. That's what that's, that's what that report is saying. That even if Klopp wants you to stay, it's not enough. There's still other people in the club like FSG, other people that can decide. You know what I'm saying? So I think he just wants assurances. Um, well, Pete, I, Pete, sorry. Yeah, go on. So before before you carry on, yeah, but I swear they offered Genie a two year deal, innit? So obviously the in terms of the money and like kind of being desperate to keep him, like you know what I'm saying. Even the way G, so Genie's kind of interviews when he's left, it's kind of like a they kind of done me dirty, but like you know what I'm saying. He like Genie's not really happy with the terms he left because I think he thinks that they should have given him more loyalty. But at the same time, they did offer you a contract, but it's the kind of like you wasn't desperate to keep me survive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, but then let's say they offer Genie a new contract. That's two years. So Genie, his next contract finishes what 33, 34. Therefore, handle the contract he wants. That will no, Genie's gone. Forget Genie. I'm just saying. That. Okay. But the, well, the, the Genie thing is interesting, isn't it? Because let's say he starts breaking down physically at PSG six yeah. months since that contract. Yeah, no, that's I'm saying, the, only, that's, I'm that's the thing. I'm just saying the way they've treated him might be in Hendel's mind. That's what I'm trying to say. Like the Genie contract. No, gone. that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, no, no. The way they treated Genie is in your mind, Peter. Because you're always no, thinking about Genie, bro. That's bro. what it is, bro. Bro, relax, bro. Just because they, they ain't offering it. They ain't offering it back. So relax, relax, bro. At least Rob is even getting contracts. You know what I'm saying? What kind of fool's check out at all? Anyway, bro, we keep bringing Genie up. I, I, I digress. With, with, the, with the Henderson thing, I think what I would do is that I would probably offer him the same wage, but just with more years, or maybe like 10K extra or the same wage. I'm not trying to... I feel like decreasing his wage is kind of it's kind of, it's kind of disrespectful because he was the captain that led us to a cha- uh, Champions League, a Premier League. You know what I'm saying? Isn't, so that, I'll, isn't that essentially what they did with Milner? So they gave him, I think they gave him like 15 grand more with two years. Yeah, I think the same thing probably for Henderson. Like 15 grand is not 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 much. 10 grand is not much. Yeah, but the 170 thing is a lot still. I agree with Ellis. The 170, 80, 180 k that, that's that's a lot still. Yeah, I think I think this is. Uh, like 120 or something. We'll get we'll we'll get it on this. I want to get Alex's opinion um, on on this 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 whole situation. So, so I obviously I see it from both sides. I see why you know they may might not want to renew. I can see why he would want to stay. I see why Klopp would want to keep him. I feel one thing though that is really crucial, and that you know you you can never really quantify it, but I feel as though his leadership that is what we need to look to embed into the team if we're looking to not renew after two years. I know, to be honest with you, I don't see many future captains or future leaders out there. And I know you might say Van Dyke, but I personally have my reservations for Van Dyke as a captain, as a leader. Yeah, he, he, he can lead by example on the pitch, but as a captain, who, who who's going to be the next captain then? If, if Henderson leaves, who's going to be the next captain? I've looked just now at his minutes and, you know, he has played what? He played 32 games in 18-19. He played 27 games in 17-18. He played 30 games in 19-20. So he is a regular in that team. And as a captain, obviously, you've got to take instructions from the bench and, you know, you know, communicate that out, you know, keep the players ticking over, you know, try and keep level-headed. I don't know who can take that captain stroke leadership role off him if he was to depart, whether it be now, which is very unlikely, next year or even the year after. 
So that's one thing that I think we need to consider and look at. Um, the similarities are strikingly similar to to Genie's situation, to be honest with you. But yeah, I just think from that leadership point of view, we need to we need to consider it and look at it. Um, I don't know. Do you guys see a, a, another captain and another leader that in in the team that could step up? Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, let's say it looks like Trent 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 was captain. In the under twenty threes or under twenty or under eighteen, I know that doesn't mean much, but he has that trait in him. Jones, obviously, they're still young. Um, the yeah, guy for me, you make up. The guy for me to make captain, sorry to bump in. I think it's pretty simple, you know. Go on. Who Van Dyke? No, it's Mo. It's Mo. It is Mo. I personally think it's Mo. To be honest, I th- I think he, he, one he's captain of his country. Two, he leads by example. Um, he's just a leader. Even in the last that last like ten game span, he was just showing the leadership qualities within in and around or, the team. Or it, it or it could be Robbo, that maybe maybe Robbo. Yeah, I mean that, that's just the way I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it just just from that angle. I, 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 just I, I can't completely agree because it's it's a lot of stuff that Henderson does off the pitch as well. Yeah. Which yeah. is really important, especially you know within the dressing room and and just just the whole holistic view really um, of kind of putting putting everything together. Um, it's definitely interesting. I also kind of like when I was looking at who we were linked to midfielder wise and the role that they play positionally. I also thought it was quite interesting too. Um, you know, you look at Saul, Barella, etc. They've all done jobs covering fullbacks quite well. Yeah, it's, it it, make, it makes the link to um Saul Saul more interesting because I just thought oh right well, it was bare random like they'll just linked with him like the other ones you think oh he's just linked but then Saul is twenty six if you get him now then the next two years he's twenty eight then you're prepared for Hendo leaving probably on a free. Do you know what I'm saying? So it, it makes it is kind of interesting. It is it, it it is interesting. So we're seeing now that I think it's quite funny as well that you know a lot of what football, Twitter, etc. do in terms of bringing Jordan Henson down. Very funny that two of the clubs that won him is one of them being PSG and the other being Atletico Madrid. Uh, so it shows you how much how valued Henderson is across world football. I was shocked. I was kind of shocked about that, actually, especially PSG. Uh, how Poch likes him, and um, it, football Twitter is just an echo chamber, man. Henderson's a good footballer. He won't be at Liverpool at that level if he wasn't a good footballer. Um, just because he doesn't do your tricks and flicks and doesn't play the way football Twitter want football Twitter wants him to play, it does not make him a bad player. He's good across the board, and we've seen it this season. We've seen it in the last couple of seasons how he's a good player. And the fact that teams like PSG and Atletico Madrid won him, same as Genie, to be honest. Um, I think towards the towards his end, a lot of people were disrespecting Genie in terms of his footballing ability. But the fact that he's gone to PSG and he, he looks like a player that's going to help them rebuild for the next couple of years at least in their midfield, he's, he's a player that they they value. It shows that he is a good player. So, well, I hope they can find a solution for the Hendo. And the situation because it's not really a player that we want to just let go. But having said that, there's not a chance that Liverpool will sell him this summer. 
Not yeah. a chance. He'd have to be a substantial amount of money for Liverpool to part Ridiculous money. There's 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 not a chance because you're if you're losing Genie and Hendo in one summer, this is crazy. Yeah, so I don't I don't think they're losing this summer, to be honest. Oh, completely agree. Um, I think it's one of those ones where it just gets resolved in time, really. Um, we we look we look at what's happened with kind of Fernandinho, and I think that might be a route that clubs tend to go for with, with some of the older players too. Uh, but again, it's a strange situation where um, Hendo is such a such a key cog in the machine, really, when, when you do think about it from every single aspect um of, of of what he does so it's going to be one it's, it's going to be interesting it's kind of come out of the blue it's kind of come out of nowhere ultimately it probably will get resolved um but i think it's, it's quite an aggressive shot from hendo really he's fired the first you know <laughs> fired the first shot really you know what i mean doing yeah, a bit no, of world war one terminology he's franz ferdinand the thing so i think he's an agent like what's his agent on though like <laughs> like, because you don't expect that to kind of come from like a Henderson type character, like to kind of feed the media or something that he's not kind of happy with or someone like that. So, yeah, but I guess with football, you kind of have to be selfish and you kind of have to look out for yourself. You never know what the club's on. So, yeah, it doesn't really shock me. But yeah, no, and that's a good point, Peter, because I agree with that, and I'm I'm somebody that's really for that. Like, it's a short career span, and you have to look after yourself, especially when you're end, entering the twilight of your career, especially with Hendo, that like, he's got another. What, three, four years, if he looks after himself well, three, four, five years Which less. Does. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he should really and truly look look out for himself in this situation. Um, I've, I'm always in a position where I get it from both sides. He wants to look after himself. So he, can he get the best contract at a club that he loves? If not, he might have to look for somewhere else. But then you have to look at, does the club really want to keep on investing in somebody who's at that age and his body might break down? It's like, can we use that asset well? So nothing's clear cut. It's it's a balancing act, and hopefully they find the right balance. Hopefully Henderson. Hopefully they both can compromise on on the situation. Yeah, it's it's definitely one to watch. Um, and it's 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 pretty interesting. Turning into to other transfers uh, that we'll get onto. Um, uh, I, I do have to say, Ke- is is it Kevin Palmer that? Tends to tweet about Liverpool and turns off the comments. Very weird behaviour. Very, very odd, weird behaviour. Um, it's nice way to get his engagement stats up, I guess, to feedback his bosses. So, um, yeah, just thought I'd throw that one out there. Um, we've seen uh, in the past, well, it's day today, really. Uh, yesterday, if you listen to this on, on, on when this comes out, um, Marco Gruich gone to Porto. I think he's played a blinder there. He really forced his hand. Didn't want to be used as a pawn. Um, got his preferred move to Porto uh, for ten million pounds. Ten percent add-on clause there as well for Liverpool for future funds. Uh, and Taiwo Awanyi has gone to Union Berlin for six million pounds again. Two very impressive deals for players that one who has never played for the club and one who's only got a handful of games. Uh, and probably made back his initial fee in his loans as well. Are we finally seeing the beginning of this exodus? Exodus? Exodus. Come on, Dan. You can do it. You can do it. You can say your words. (laughs) Say your words. Exodus. There we go. We got there in the end, didn't we? Um, (laughs) Are we finally seeing this exodus of players at Liverpool? Annick, I'm going to come to you first on this one. 
Yeah, it's um, yeah, it seems like there's been a lot of activity now. Um, obviously, it's been you know a week and a bit now since since years are finished. So preseason is getting underway. Uh, they're obviously seeing players. People are coming and going from from the tour. So yeah, I think I think now the ball's rolling. Um, fair play to Gruwich. I mean, you know he he's obviously done something for them to see that they want him. So we'll take the money and, <laughs> and we'll move. Um, I, I genuinely think now we need to start being um, a bit more quicker with our dealings in terms of bringing people in. I know a few guys in the group chat have alluded to it already, you know, season before you know it, you know, quote unquote, it is around the corner. And if we're going to bring someone in by the time they, you know, they bed in, they understand the system understand their role, what they need to do, et cetera. It's, you know, we, we need to go at it because this is a big, big season for us and we need to definitely hit the ground running. I feel as though it's going to revert back to normal in terms of points tally to win the league. I'm talking about 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, like you're going to have to hit, you're going to have to hit over 95 points to win the league. So we really need to be on it. Um, yeah. So I feel as though we should, Obviously, in order to do that, we need to set ourselves up perfectly. So I, I would like to see signings happen sooner rather than later, Chris. No, I, I completely agree. I think there's, there's, a, there's every right to be anxious, especially when it comes to transfers um, right now as well. But it's it's a really odd one because with every transfer window, some of the transfer windows especially too, you usually have that one catalyst moment that sets everything off. And it usually comes from Italy and it usually comes from Spain it's some form of transfer, some form of large transfer that goes on. But with both of those leagues and the big hitters there kind of in disarray, I don't particularly know when that moment starts. Yeah. Could be PSG. Barcelona are in the mud. Barcelona well, bro, in the mud. I thank, thank, pray every day that we are not in that situation, by the way, yeah. because Jesus Damn. wept. Even, even Real Madrid. Real Madrid are in the mud. Yeah. Like they're- like that. Remember, Chris was talking about they just got good PR. Yeah, um, yeah they have from, good PR. They've got they've that got feather on PR. that um, Chingaro show. <laughs> just the uh, just just the hand stuff. Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, they've got good PR. And Florentino Perez is running around like he's Tupac and absolutely just letting off shots out of everyone. Got they got interviews. Maybe it was him that. That brought out those interviews and all those snippets because he knew that he ain't got no money. So a way to distract he, everyone. Man said, "I can't come and kill myself and then leave." <laughs> he said, "I can't come and kill myself." <laughs> so he, he um, apparently I saw a report today saying that he's gone to the board and told them that they are not making any signings this summer. So, boy, I don't know what's going to happen over there in Spain. Um, they're hanging by a thread. Just to stay alive. I mean, we've we've even heard it from Bayern Munich as well. They've 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 literally come out and said, "We've signed Upper Macarno. That is it. We are done. <laughs> we are done for business." And it's it's just dead. It, it's just dead interesting about about the business this year. And I think you'll just see a lot more of those from from around the continent. Anyway, I think you'll see a lot more of those kind of ten million euro to thirty million euro deals go through. But again, I think there'll be a roundabout of, of signings going around around clubs, really. Um, and it's just going it's just to be really dead interesting. We're also in a good position. I say a good position. Peter, I'll come to you on this. I think we're in a situation now 
with the model that we operate under where we need to be a little bit more cutthroat. And I think we've seen it with Gruich leaving today on the amount of money we can expect coming through the door. Um, you know, when we did the transfer game, uh, well, you know, when we did the transfer game, we were all expecting, okay, cool. If we get 40 million for Gruich, that's good. I think that's a really good amount. We ended up with 10. And if you would have got that in the game, you would have been disappointed. But I think we're at a stage now, especially with the foreign player quota situation that we find ourselves in as well, if we can just get people out the door and start the process of getting players into the clubs, um, that will be good for us. Do you, so do you think we need to be a little bit more cutthroat on the departures now so we can start the process or just finalise the process of getting the players that we need in ASAP? Yeah, 100%. I think we just need to get them out the door because especially when you get them out the door, you take the wage off the bill as well and then you get a bit of, um, obviously you get a bit of cash. It might not be the exact amount you want, but you know what I'm saying? Two, three million, you can make it up from other people, you can make it up from other players. So it's not it's, it's not the end of the world. I feel like, especially with this window, I'm trying to kind of like, I'm trying to reserve judgment, right? Because this is a make or break window, like in terms of, Man City have just won. So we won the league right two seasons ago. Man City just won the league now. So now it's just like, okay, who's next? You know what I'm saying? Like, are we going to compete with them again or are we gonna, just going to go, you know what I'm saying, back to a, a top four team or just struggling to make top four teams? So we kind of need to um, add to our team. And I do think we do have still have a strong squad, but like we just need a couple more signings to just really take us over the line and really compete with the... Um, big dogs at the top of the table and trying to challenge for the league and trying to be there. So, um, yeah, so I just think hopefully these kind of um, um, sellers, like selling the players won't really kind of cash trap us and we can get them off the books, even if it's a couple million um, less than we thought, less than we think. Like, I think it's just important that we get them off the books. So, um, and I think it's not a window really to be like, okay, no, I'm, I want 25 million for a Rigi. I don't care, go away. You know what I'm saying? It's not the window for that, like, these little clubs, like, they're just going to try and... You, what everyone's going to do, they're, they're going to have to be more creative with their signings. So these clubs, they'll just try to be more creative where they'll maybe look at data or they'll look at lower teams. And you know what I'm saying? It's not... It's only... I know we have kind of this, like, Liverpool kind of attractiveness or stink that, like, okay, we're the champions, our players are good. You know what I'm saying? But that can only last for so long. So we kind of just need to sell them and, yeah, just, just accept, accept what we can get for them and try to strengthen our squad because... These clubs, like we can't, have, we can't haggle them for so much. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It's really interesting, obviously, with the um, with the Harry Wilson piece um, that came out today. Obviously, we've full and been interested in him. We've gone back saying that you know it'll take 50 million pounds to get Harry Wilson out of the door. Um, full and top end championship team. And if there's one thing Harry Wilson can do in the championship, I mean, he's get you goals from a central position. Obviously, he's not a number nine, but he can operate in that ten space and play it wide. And he can get you some decent amount of goals. And we've gone back to Fulham to say that you, you, you paid this amount for Ivan Caviero. Um, I think you can probably scalp it out for um, Harry Wilson as well, which I think is which is fair as well. The other person who looks like he's potentially on his way out, um, as was kind of reported today, is Nat Phillips to uh, to Brighton. Uh, obviously, Brighton are in the process of finalising uh, robbery to Arsenal for Ben White. Um, 50 million great British pounds. Uh, that's one of those signs where that could either go really well or not as well as you expected to go from a transfer point of view. Um, look at what's happened to William Saliba there at Arsenal. I think it's just an odd place to be at the moment. Um, but yeah, um, 
that's going to be an interesting situation too to see what benchmark we compare that against. As we've seen, uh, the lad go to Crystal Palace this week from Chelsea. I cannot pronounce his last name for Mark the Gee. life of me. Mark Gee. That's the f- Gee, That's the one. Um, he's got did he got for like twenty million pounds, yeah. and obviously he's he, championship. Very good player, but he did it in the championship. So if you're looking at this from a Liverpool point of view, um. Obviously, that twenty million adds in a little bit more potential too with him being the younger player. But if you're looking at Brighton saying that you need someone to kind of step in straight away into that system, potentially be a little bit of a long-term succession plan for Lewis Dunk too. Um, if you did want to move him at some point, then the price for Nat Phillips and everyone laughed at Ellis for this earlier on in the year. He's going to be twenty, be 20 million pounds. I don't know why. Just, but he's linked for fifteen million, though. Let's chill out. He's linked for fifteen million. Yeah, if, 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 it's, if it's fifteen, I think you're even happy. But let's say you know, twenty. Yeah, my main, my main, my main point was it. Maybe I didn't put across properly. Is that Liverpool tend to look at the going rate in the market? So if Mark Gee is going for twenty million, who spent two seasons in a championship? Yeah, we are going to look to sell a man who played in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Help Liverpool get third in the league. Uh, didn't concede so much in the last ten games. Regardless if he's fifth choice or hundredth choice, it doesn't matter because this is the output that and this is the level that he was at. We're gonna say we actually want twenty million. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying that he's worth that. That's no. But what what is anyone worth? Is Ben White worth fifty million? Regardless of what we think he might do in the future, there's not a chance that I'm looking to pay fifty million for Ben White. There's, there's no way. There's no way. We, when we had that discussion about potentially signing him last season, we balked at 25? Yes, yeah, yeah, something like that, even people. when it was that. Yeah, exactly. So if it's not that, yeah, so we was like, what? Because when, you, when you're when you signing someone, you have to, like, let's keep it 100. You have to say, like, why are you why are you valuing me like that? What is the value? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Alisson. It was probably was he Brazil's number one? I think he was Brazil's number one at Roma. Yeah, he was. He was. I remember. Was was number one. I thought Edison was number one. He was number one. Oh, was it? Uh, oh, uh, fair enough. Ah, uh, yeah, he was. No, I, I remember watching some Brazil games and it was yeah. He was, he was number one. one. So we were, were buying the Brazilian number one, who's Roma's top keeper, one of the best keepers in Syria. They've just got to the semi-final of the Champions League. Fair enough. We will we'll splash that money on him because we know it was worth. Again, Van Dijk, one of England's better centre backs, or one of the better centre backs in the English game. Again, he wasn't even at, he wasn't even worth seventy five million. The only reason why we paid over the odds because somebody decided to be a bit cheeky and whatever, whatever. Um, so yeah, so you're looking at the value and what they're bringing. So if again, Mark Gee is going for twenty million, I believe that, and Ben White is going for fifty million, I believe Liverpool will look to try and get as much change as possible for someone like Nat Phillips. Again, he's not worth what I was saying that we're going to value him at. It's not worth that. That's that's fine. But yeah. just looking at the aspect of the market. And um, if we do get 15 million, bro, that's, that's changed, man. We got it for free. <laughs> Boy, we've done a quick flip. We've done our thing. But if we can get it more than 10, that's fine, man. But it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll have to try and also supplement some extra income as well by if a decent offer comes in for Minamino, I think that we're taking into consideration. Um, and again, like we saw with uh, with with Neko Williams too, I think if a decent offer comes in there, which it might from Southampton, we'd love to do business there as well. Um, before we kind of end the part, I want to do a quick quick round robin. Uh, Annick, I'll start with you. 
we, we've been heard, heard it banded about that Liverpool will bring in one midfielder and one forward this year. Um, if, if you were doing the business, who would you, not even who would you bring in, but do you think that's enough or would you go for anything a little bit extra on top? Um, I would definitely get an attacker in, a forward in, definitely. Um, I like Rafinha. I've made no um, reservations about that. Definitely Rafinha's the guy I'll go for. I think he, I think he's good on either wing. He's tricky. He just seems like a player that I feel as though can fit into our setup. He's still young. Um and he and, and he's done a clay K for Leeds this season, um, especially in the system they play in. Um so yeah, I'll definitely get a forward and and that would be my selection for, for midfielder. Um I think coming coming off the back of the transfer game, uh Mush told us about Barella. We then saw him at the Euros. I looked at his stats. I've seen videos of him. He is another player that I would definitely, definitely have in my team. Um, so, yeah, if I was to get two players, it would be those two. If we had funds, had money, I would look for a cover at right back as well. Um, I know you briefly mentioned it at the start of the pod about um, Trent having injury and it was good that he could play. 30 minutes today and it just got me thinking like actually yeah. hold on Trent did have a few niggly injuries last year and the cover we had for him was Milner which I know Ellis isn't too happy about um, and I think Neko Williams was cover as well in a couple of games and I just feel as though if Trent's out of the team like you know we lose so much creativity but if we do, if we are going to get someone some cover in for Trent I would like them to be like a competent kind of established right back as well which is you know obviously hard to come by especially with the way in which we operate as a team but yeah I'll, I'll probably look to get some cover right back as a bonus definitely a forward 100% a forward and and definitely a centre midfielder because even even today we touched on it that you know those the, the, those genie minutes are going to be are going to be you know, we're going to be missing the minutes that genie gave us over the past few years so yeah I'll definitely yeah. look to get a centre midfielder in. We did some we did some right back chat on one of our Patreon exclusive pods uh, called the market. Uh, second episode of which dropped uh, late last week, uh, where we did a little bit of right back chat and thought about what right backs from across the continent we could potentially sign. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, please do give that a listen. Let know let us know what you think. Um, and if you are not a Patreon subscriber, I don't know what you're doing at this point. Since this pod not being a Patreon sub, you know what you know what the content is like on the main pod. Imagine what the content's like on the Patreon page. So do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copy of Rackass and sign up for as little as £3 today. Uh, Pete, I'll come to you next. What areas would you be looking to upgrade for Liverpool uh, on top of the ones that have already been briefed to us? Um, so so obviously a midfielder and a forward need to, need to, um, need to bring them in definitely 100%. Um, I think... In terms of who I would bring in, I would probably go for. Obviously, I think Barella is an amazing option, but I don't. I think it might be a bit too expensive. So, Barella, Br- is one of those ones where I think you sell you sell a few more players for a little bit. You know what you think if you get good value. Let's say if you do get your twenty million for uh, for Nat Phillips, let's go slap it all on Barella in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think maybe like a cheeky fifty million or like a thirty-five or forty plus add-ons, something like that. You get Barella, but. 
obviously you might be a bit too expensive, so I'll probably I'll try and get Sayul. I think Sayul is a good replacement for Genie. Um, it's a good player, he's left footed as well, can slot in, has got a defensive nous, and I think he's probably got a decent attacking game as well because what I've seen from Atletico, he can strike a ball quite well. Um, yep. Obviously, I would like I, I do like Rafinha as well, but if I was to choose, I would want someone who could play as a nine as well. So I would look to get a Marlin because I know Marlin's going for what 20 25 million. So I would get a Marlin who can, um, Donia Marlin, who can come in and play on the left, on the right as a forward. So I think he could come in and sweat in nicely. But I do think we need a nine and a wide man. But if I was to choose, I would probably go for Marlin first. Um, and I would like, I would like a 10 as well, you know, to be honest. So, like, that whole 10, like, if Elliot is really not staying and he has gone loan, I would like someone to come in who can play as a 10 so he can change to a 43 run. Um, I think that's quite important for us to be quite, um, so for us to be quite versatile and us to be not predictable because I feel like us not being predictable is like will be a big weapon for us this year. So, in terms of not always lining up with the same front three, four, three, three, yeah. like, not knowing how to predict us when we play against us. Like, so the games against, like, Man City, where we just went all out attack, put we went with like a 44. You know what I'm saying? And for the first 30 minutes, they couldn't cope with us. They didn't know what to do, they didn't know how to adjust. And obviously, Pep was a commander, so he adjusted eventually. But us being not predictable and us being versatile will be a key for the season. So if we can get some players, you know, you can kind of switch up for us and kind of like play different positions, that would be good. So like any, any, any names or profile of players. I feel like an award can come into our team. Not for cheap as well, for like 15, 20 million, because Leon ain't got money. And a while can come in and play as like as a 10. You come in and play from the from the left. You can, like, you know what I'm saying? Just someone like that, you can just add something to even the profile of like a Renato, but I'm scared about Renato's injury record. But like just someone in that type of profile where they're unpredictable. So they add something to our team, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that would be nice if we had money, I think. Yeah, no, that's true. I think if money was an option, that'd be a really good one. Uh that kind of utility player, that key man that can bring you can come off the bench and start into certain situations too. You know, when, when we were when we were kind of linked to him earlier yeah, in, in the summer, I took a real good long look at uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini stats from um from Roma, and I thought he'd be a really good option to kind of fulfill that role. Someone who can play as an attacking midfielder and as a ten. Um, yeah, you know, someone like that would be absolutely perfect. Else, gonna let you finish this off. Um, obviously, midfield. And, and and a forward, which is quite interesting. Yeah, not striker, not winger, forward. Uh, so you know, another versatile option there. Anything else you yeah. would do on on top of that? And you've got any names in mind you'd want to see coming um, in? To be fair, I'd probably go um, Sol Soniguez. Um, he looks like he'll fit in. He's ready to go. Um, he's a top player. Loves top the team. loves loves Gerard as well. Loves Gerard. Yeah. I saw that. That was a bit mad. That was definitely, definitely, <laughs> done, that. definitely done that shit. Um, to be fair, I want two midfielders. I think we want two for two. Yeah, you're like me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there for two midfielders. So I like Sal and um, who would be my second one? Do you think you can get away with a project type of midfielder? So oh. someone who's a little bit on the younger side, and you know, um, someone we would link to quite recently, um, who we were linked to before, you know, Kamavinga. From Ren, yeah. Um, yeah. all kind of like you know a favorite of mine and yours, possibly a Gravenberg from Ajax. Yeah, one yeah, something like that already made now, and like I, like we said earlier in the pod, with Hendo potentially leaving after his contract, you can get a Sal in who can take his place now. Then you can get 
a younger project um, midfielder who can eventually take the place of a Gini Van Alden in the future. Uh, but he can also play the game now. Akamavinga is, is a shout. Um, Gravin Batch. If we had a bit more money, Bellingham. If we had a bit more money, Bellingham. That is one that we should be all over. Yes, I love Bellingham, man. I would love yeah, him. He, he looks like the real deal, man. He looks like the if the reports deal. are accurate, again, what's come out is that, you know, they're looking at 2022 to be the real summer to kind of strengthen everything. Kind yeah. of really start the refresh. That's going to be your guy, surely. It'll be the crown jewel of this, exactly. this next phase. Exactly. He he will be the guy. He, he's looking like England's next top player. He's looking like the next top guy. Um, so he's somebody that we should be looking at and we should be working to to try and get man, um, and I'm with I'm with Pete on the forward. Um, I like Daniel Marlin. He, he looks a bit explosive. He can play central. He can play on the right. He can play on the left. He knows where the goal is. He had a really good at season last season. Um, yeah, he, he's someone that that kind of I like. I like the look of. I like the look of. Uh, I would like a number nine, but I don't think we're gonna get that because I believe we'll probably use Ox as a false nine. Um, I think Liverpool's working. It sounds depressing, but I'm here for it. I want to see how it works. So I'm, I'll probably do a forward in Marlin. I think if you get a, another attacker in, there's potential to do Salah as your striker as well in certain been, situations. Oh, I've been screaming that for the last year and a half, man. I, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see Because I think he'll make such a good box striker because anything that drops in that 18-yard... Physical. Yeah, very physical, very physical. He's quick, relentless. As a centre back, I don't really think you want him pinning, pinning himself against you. Pause. I don't think you really want that. So um, yeah, you got pause there, Chris. Man, you know how it goes, bro. Yeah, you got it. We're in pins and needles in the cup end yeah. uh, group. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what I think. So two midfielders and one forward for me. No, I think I think that's completely fair and. If money, you know, I think these next two summers for Liverpool are going to be so crucial in making sure that we have a decent succession plan in line for the next manager, and also that we finish potentially this cycle. But you know, there might be more to come from the club. Who knows? Let's see how it goes. Um, you know, keeping this this sustained success going. And look, I mean, I know people are fed up with using COVID as an excuse. Why is it only Liverpool using COVID as an excuse? X, Y, Z. Well, I think we need to remember that COVID is going to is a massive, massive factor in everything that we do. Um, and with certain things, you know, they're coming out of not not even last they're going to come out of last year's budget plans that were done before before the pandemic. So it's one of the things that we do have to kind of bear in mind uh, uh, with with this. But I do understand everyone's frustrations, and you know, trust the process; it'll get done. It'll take some time, but it'll get done. Trust the process. Um, and don't have meltdowns at half nine on a Monday morning, by the way. <laughs> so, no, wait, wait, so when, when is the transfer deadline? When is, when is that? I think the end of That's August. a very good question. Okay, August. so we, tr- we trust the process until the end of August and then we reevaluate. That's what I'm saying. That, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Bro, that's what I ask of people. That's what, like, you know, when we go at it in a, in a group chat or whatever, when people yeah. are using their head on Twitter, I'm like, bro, just let's wait till August. Then when it's yeah. August, bro, all guns blazing. Well, let's, see, let's see what happens. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Let's see what happens because last season we was going to do that, but then we ended up buying um, Jota and Thiago. Then everyone was like, oh, okay, we'll take it back. Obviously, we was like, we should have got a centre back, but that's neither here or there. 
But let's let's see let's see what the club's gonna do. If mm-hmm. at the end of August they don't they don't do what they're supposed to do, then everyone's got every right to be upset and and complain, man. But I get it. I get it. people want stuff done now. But let's just wait. Let's just see what they do, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. I believe the uh, transfer window shuts on the thirty first of August. So it's one of those weird transfer windows again where it goes into the season uh, where Premier League have done that weird thing where they cease all business whilst everyone else can do business. Like that meme of uh, SpongeBob, uh, of Squidward where he was in the house and everyone else yeah. just running about and it's in the house like, damn, I should have planned better. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's keep an eye on the moment, but you know, we can flog when we need, if we need to flog at the end of it, which is fair. Um, but that has been your episode of Cop and Fracas for... Uh, July 21st, 2021. Um, I've been your host, Chris. I've been joined by Peter, Ellis, and Anik. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, again, if you do want more cop end content, please head over to the Patreon page. Uh, that is www.patreon.com forward slash cop end fracas. And you can subscribe from as little as three pounds per month. Um, enjoy the weather. Stay safe. Uh, wear your mask where you need to wear your mask. Make sure you're getting your, your vaccines. Uh, protect others. And yeah. Have fun, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.